This week on the show, we're talking about the all-important process of reflection. And reflection is a meaning-making process. It's a way of thinking to learn, and it's how we get better. And regarding our last episode on feedback, reflection is what happens after feedback is received. And on the digital learning team, we concur with John Dewey's belief that we don't learn from experience, we learn from reflecting on the experience. And Steven Anderson, you may know him, um, on Twitter as Web 2.0 Classroom, has a post entitled Reflection Makes Us All Better. And in it, he cites some really great resources, including the chapter on reflection from the book Learning and Leading with Habits of Mind, which is posted online. The whole the whole chapter is, which was, was a really great um, read. And in it, the authors point out that students may not be used to reflecting, and a teacher may hear things like, what am I supposed to do? How do I reflect? I've already completed this assignment. Why do I have to think about it anymore? So, and, and those are all things that can I can so see happening in classrooms. Mm-hmm. And so the authors recommend setting the tone for reflection, like really making it a, a point of saying, we are not, we're going to make a shift. We're not going to be moving forward, forward right now. We're going to be looking back and reflecting on our work. Um, some teachers even play music to mark that shift. And they offer several strategies to guide student reflection. Um, and we know this has become a really kind of great thing to do in the classroom with with Flipgrid is setting up the little video confessionals. Oh, yes. And pods. Yes, to... the little pods. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're not familiar, familiar with Flipgrid, it's a, a video tool that you students can use for reflection. And one of the teachers in the article uh, I was reading said, they already know how to do this. They, they already know how to do the video confessional. They watch a reality TV. <laughs> and course. I was like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, when, and again, with video reflection, you get that added layer of emotion and feeling that's mm-hmm. conveyed, you know, mm-hmm. with video as a medium. And so I think that's um, a great idea to do a little video confessional uh, in your classroom. Just set up a little corner with a shower curtain or something and right. you're ready to go. Right. Um, and then also I thought it was this was really good advice for younger students from that article too. Um, those that aren't used to reflecting on their learning, sentence stems or specific questions can be the way to go. And they have a few examples. So what did you learn? How do you know you learned it? What got in the way of your learning? What helped your learning? And then how did you feel? Well, I agree. And those sentence structures or those frameworks are so important. And then that really reminded me of Ron Richhart's work and his thinking routines and um, Harvard's Project Zero, making thinking visible. And so if you ask students or even adults to think about this article you just read or reflect on how you did on that quiz, what's going on in your mind? I know, and we ask people to reflect all the time. I am wondering what they're actually doing. Right. It's like, oh, my shopping list or what's happening next. And so the idea of the making thinking visible is there are frameworks or structures to help you actively process the information. So these routines help you learn how to think or learn how to reflect. And so several years ago, there was a lot of buzz in the math community, and I actually started using the routines. I just didn't know that's what they were. Mm-hmm. Me too. I actually, this was a strategy presented to me in professional development session that I then used with my students and had no idea where it came from. Right. And so um, one very popular one is See, Think, Wonder. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really originally found or created for a piece of art and, um, or an image or a graphic 
That's coming back to me now. Yeah. And then um, I was using it for like, look at this um, process in nature, um, you know, and where do you see math and those kinds of things, or it was even a graph or something like that. So it wasn't exactly a piece of art or work of art, but then those starters, what do you see about this? What do you notice? What do you wonder Mm -hmm. about this? And so that was a great um, framework to, to start to get people just like, not just look at the picture, but really start asking those questions in your head. Right. Um, another routine that I really like is I used to think, but now I think, or now I know. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, you're going to laugh, but, okay. in, but in my Tony Vincent oh, <laughs> um, online class, Classy Graphics, he actually had us do that at the end of the course through Flipgrid and use that as a possible sentence structure. Oh, so nice. um, I used to think this about graphics or designing graphics, but now I think this. What, about, did you, what was your answer? Do you remember? Um, well, I'm sure it was something like, I used to think that I could not do any sort of thing with graphic, <laughs> but now I think I can. And I also know that it takes a lot of time. Um, I think I also used it for our video class. And the one I really remember is I used to or I guess now I know about videos, there are different times and places for certain videos. Sometimes you can do a really quick screencast, but sometimes it needs to be a high quality, well-produced sort of video, depending on the audience, depending on the need. So Mm -hmm. that's what I kind of deciphered for that. So um, I actually use the, um, I used to think, now I think with my math students um, for a blog post response, and it was after a hard test, and we had worked so much in class and they really struggled with some concepts. And then the success on the test was much higher than they thought. And oh, wow. so I had them respond on a blog. I used to think, but now I know, or now I think this. That's great. And so uh, and just not to interrupt, but mm-hmm. like, I've never had kids reflect after a test. Oh, well, I mean, seriously, like a summative, a big mm-hmm. summative test. I have never asked them to reflect. What was I thinking? Well, and, and I think reflection has become more of a conversation now, and we see the importance of that, and that's how that's going to shift that learning is mm-hmm. when you do that reflection, like the John Dewey, exactly. qu- John Dewey quote. And so now what we need to do in our sessions is model it so that the teachers can take it back and um, use it in their own work. Right. Um, wh- okay, so here's another one that is from um, Ron Richard's work is sentence, phrase, word, routine to reflect on an article. And, oh, I think you told me about this. Mm-hmm. Well, and I actually used it in a session recently. And so you read an article and then what's a sentence that resonates with you? So you pull out just a sentence from the article and then what's a phrase that you can really distill this information? And then what is one word that really sums up that article? I, I think that that just sounds powerful to me. It Well, it was. And then it was really interesting because... Okay, so here's my other obsession lately is I love taking these thinking routines and then how can technology make them more powerful? Mm. And so that's kind of been my obsession this past year is kind of analog routines or things that I've done, but then does technology enhance that or give you the ability for speaking of the last episode, give you more feedback. Mm -hmm. And so we did this activity on a back channel 
And so the participants were putting their sentence phrase and word. And then we could compare, oh my gosh, these two people picked exactly the same phrase. Wow, why did you choose this sentence over this sentence? And oh my gosh, I can't believe all of these people picked the same word. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting to compare and contrast. And you know, why did you choose this phrase? And so even more reflection kind of embedded in that. Right. And then did, okay, so is the sentence word and phrase, should they all be from separate places in the article or does it matter? Or it doesn't matter. Okay. I mean, so it's your personal reflection. Like right. what, what are you getting out of that? Gotcha. So um, so that was that was neat. And then the technology, how the technology made that more powerful is it allowed us to all see each other's work. It allowed me to give feedback on the work as a whole, or we could give feedback to individual participants. Mm-hmm. Um, we could um, also, if you were struggling, like, I don't know what she's talking about. What does she mean? Sentence, phrase, word. You could see what the first person posted, and they're like, yes. oh, yeah, that's what I get. So I... And that reminds me of um, something I learned from the book, The Google Infused Classroom. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, part of that, again, is making student thinking visible, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you're talking about. But mm-hmm. what she said was, what the author said was, when you allow peers to see each other's work, they're not done thinking about the learning when they answer, excuse me, when they, when they answer the question, right? Because they're with, they're comparing their responses to their peers responses. Mm-hmm. They're still thinking about what's going on with the learning and it doesn't stop because mm-hmm. they see each other's responses and then they can compare theirs to their mm-hmm. peers. So that was, that was a powerful message that i I thought was fantastic. Well, and I can't remember if that's in the in the um, Holly Clark's book or yes. not. But um, the other thing is, if you have struggling students, and so I was thinking about um, students who are English language learners, mm-hmm. like they have no idea really what the question is. But then once they see someone else's response, oh, I can do this, or I can copy and paste a sentence, even if it's not really reflecting, you know, exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. They still could do that. They still can contribute. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of times I've brought that up in sessions and participants are like, well, I don't want the partic- I don't want the students to see each other's answers. Mm-hmm. But when you want it to be a formative assessment, and like you said, you want that learning to continue, then there's a time and place making it public right. versus individual responses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do the same thing on a Google form, mm-hmm. um, but I love the idea of just a back channel where we could see all responses at once. And yeah, and I think that activity spurs a conversation. Mm-hmm. I feel like you it's kind of not complete until you have a conversation like you did, um, you know, just talking about, oh, that's interesting, like looking at trends, mm-hmm. asking, so why did you, why was this so important to you, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. so... Well, um, I've really loved these routines and I've thought about them a lot. So I'm so glad that we had this topic for uh, for today's. But um, one other routine that I'll throw out there in case teachers want to use this that I've used as an end of session reflection is the compass points. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw this from um, Carolyn Tomlinson in a session that she did. And I took the work straight from her and didn't realize it was a thinking routine until I started digging into that. Right. And so the idea of the compass points, um, the prompts begin with the letters N S E W North, South, East, West. Mm -hmm. And so the questions are, um, what's something worrisome about the idea? What else do you need to know? What's exciting about the idea or what's your stance now or suggestion? And in the thinking routines book, they were talking about using the compass points to defend a proposition or persuasion, but I've loved it as an end of session reflection. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I could, you could use that uh, 
for anything. Right. Really. Right, right. Just processing new learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the... um, the way that I first participated in this, it was just kind of popcorn out responses. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I tried it in some sessions. But the problem is you're at the end of the session and everyone wants to Go. leave. <laughs> and if you don't know all of the names yet, you know, um, it was just, okay, just come on. Three people give me right, one. Right, right. <laughs> I need three responses before I let you go. Right. <laughs> Just give me one. What what something that's worrisome about this? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't as powerful as a reflection as I wanted it. So the way I tweaked it with technology, thanks to technology, I've done a couple of things. Um, one, I've used it in Google Classroom and used a template for a Google drawing. And I just created a little compass and then had the questions in boxes and the participants could share their responses. Mm -hmm. The way that technology made that more powerful is because I heard from every voice. Yes. And then I had all of that feedback collected myself so I could just go through all the little drawings and see what did they put for their responses. The thing that made it really powerful in Google Classroom is because then all those drawings were in one folder and I could share it with the administrator, the district, and they could, for instance, I know I've asked the question a lot of times, you know, what are your feelings about tech integration after today? Or Mm -hmm. what are your feelings about Google after today? And then those administrators could see, okay, here's where our participants really are worried and here's what their stance is. And so then that could provide ideas for upcoming trainings mm-hmm. or where do they need some support? Yes, that's, uh, that's a great idea. And so that was individual responses. Um, the other one I've used is just a Padlet board and I've had the columns. And so the questions at the top of the column, and again, that was allowing everyone to see each other's responses mm-hmm. and they could kind of piggyback off of each other's work. But, yeah. but I think that versus popcorn outs begging for three responses, <laughs> technology definitely um, enhanced that. Yeah, because you can get their response. I mean, it's tired. It's probably close to quitting time. It, mm-hmm. It's at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You really want their responses. You don't have to necessarily discuss them right now or even look at them right then. Mm-hmm. But you, at least you can capture them all. Right. So that's giving me feedback yes. as a presenter. And you could do the same thing in your classroom. Mm-hmm. So reflect at the end of the unit, at the end of a lesson, um, in between the lesson. So lots of different opportunities for reflection. But your point in having a place for it, like the Flipgrid pod, Mm -hmm. and then for having the stems or the structures, some kind of framework, I think that's so important because we just don't automatically know how to reflect. Right. So things for us to keep in mind. Yes. Plan plan reflection in advance. (laughs) Okay. All right. Good conversations, Ashley. Yay. Well, thank you for joining us today. I hope you will reflect on today's learning (laughs) and today's podcast. And if you have any responses or reflections, then you can find us on Twitter at DigLearnRadio. Also, please take a minute to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and check out the show notes for the resources we refer to today. (music) 